Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Real Life Ghost Stories. A couple of weeks ago, the Waverly Hills Historical Society reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to do something together? And I jumped at the chance. If you've been around for a while, you will know that I love the stories of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. It is one of those places that is on my paranormal to visit list and I jumped at the chance to do something with them. If you go back and listen to episode 115 of Real Life Ghost Stories, you can hear the whole story of Waverly Hills and also some of the hauntings that are associated with it. So in this episode, I was joined by the lovely Val Zell, And Val has been a host at Waverly Hills Sanatorium for just over a year and really has an intimate knowledge of the building. This episode was recorded over Zoom, so the sound quality is a little bit different to what you're used to. And as always, all of the links to the relevant websites, etc. will be in the description for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. So I am joined today by the lovely Val. Val, would you mind telling me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what your relationship is with the paranormal? Sure. I am um, a host and um, tour guide at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I live just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. I spend all my weekends there, um, overnights and Sundays sometimes, taking people through the building, sharing the history, sharing the paranormal and the urban legends and the lore. And it's just, it's an awesome job to have. I have been investigating the paranormal since about 2009. I was on a team in Florida back then, um, made some lifelong friends. I'm still making new friends and just going to other locations in my spare time too, just to uh, see what everybody else is up to and what other activity we can find. So really you are totally, you know, immersed in the world of the paranormal in your day-to-day life. Well, I wouldn't say my day-to-day life. I do have a day job, but it's just fascinating to me. I love having esoteric kind of out there conversations with people. It's just neat to escape reality once in a while and and kind of think about what else could be out there. So I just try to keep an open mind. And it's, it's cool to hear from people who have different views from mine, who've been to different places, just to kind of see what they've experienced too. So. Oh, I bet. And I bet. Waverly Hills when you're there and you're doing tours you must meet so many cool and interesting people which kind of leads on to the next question which is for what for people who are listening who maybe don't know anything about Waverly Hills what is Waverly Hills Sanatorium where is it (laughs) it is um, an old TB hospital in uh, the south of Louisville Kentucky so it was in operation from 1926 to 1961 TB, I don't know if you know, was a very serious disease that um, killed a lot of people in the United States and around the world, and there wasn't a cure for a long time. So Waverly Hills was a state-of-the-art medical research facility, basically, and a place for rest and relaxation 
um, to try and help people get better and beat this disease that um, had no cure at the time. So really, it has a pretty interesting and full and rich history. Waverly Hills has earned this reputation for being the most haunted building in America. Why do you think that it has such a paranormal legacy above all the other hotspots and, you know, hospitals or buildings that have a similar-ish history? Well, uh, for me personally, I think it's just the consistency of activity that is there. Even on quiet nights, things are happening. We've never had a group come out and say that they've experienced absolutely nothing. And when it's a, an active night, it's, it's one of the most incredible experiences you will ever have um, to communicate with the spirits that are in that building. It's not every single night, but there is something seemingly always going on during the day, during the night. You know, it's just, it's all the time. One of the other reasons I think is, you know, it's a brick and concrete building built on a limestone foundation. So all of those things tend to trap energy. I think that kind of sets up a recipe for, you know, just allowing some of these lingering and residual like smells that we get sometimes and shadows and feelings and footsteps from the past to just get trapped in a loop and we're in the right place, right time. And we get to experience it when it happens. So you've obviously spent a huge amount of time in Waverly Hills. What is the most terrifying thing about working there (laughs) honestly uh the bats (laughs) (laughs) the bats will bring the screams uh, from guests and guides alike when you're not expecting them um they will get right in your face sometimes they have no concept of a personal space bubble but um it's not really ever terrifying there um it is unwelcoming every once in a while I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, it's a peaceful place and the activity is positive. You know, there's nothing evil there. There's nothing demonic there. But every once in a while, like the wind will blow through up at the top of the hill, especially if it's kind of a cold wind. And just it seems to bring the bad juju some nights. And like you take a few steps onto a floor and you're like, okay, nope, not not going to take any any more steps, not going any any farther out into the hallway And I imagine like if I could hear them, they would just be screaming at us to get out and get out of their space. You know, it's just a a feeling like you are just really not welcome in their in their space at that moment. It's kind of an urge to run. But otherwise, it's very peaceful in there. I actually think it's really refreshing and interesting to hear you say that there's lots of activity, but it's generally quite peaceful and not terrifying. But when you have those moments of kind of every so often that feeling of, oh, I can't be in here, I should get out. What What do you think is causing that? Like, what? why do you think that's happening at these sort of sporadic moments? That's a really good question. You know, none of us have the answers for sure. None of us are experts in this. We just can ask questions. It just seems to be, I don't know, something that is not in the mood for humans at the moment, you know, for the living. And so they do whatever they can from their side of the veil to let you know, you know, if you can't see them or can't hear them. It's an energy feeling sometimes, Um, but I'm just, I'm honestly not sure. It just comes and goes. It's there sometimes and mostly not, thankfully. (laughs) And what is, uh, what is something that you wish was widely known about Waverly Hills? Wow, that's a good question. I want people to know that it was not a death sentence to be sent there. 
you know, a lot of times people go for the spook factor or they call it an asylum, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a sanatorium and it was state of the art. And there was actually a wait list for people to get into Waverly because they thought it was one of their best chances for beating TB. Um, it was paid for by the state and local taxes. So people stayed there for free. And, you know, the whole attitude there was very much focused on good morale, rest, relaxation, happiness, you know, resting your lungs, not being stressed out, um, and just trying different methods to try and find a cure and to find a beat the disease, you know, but it it was not necessarily um, doom to be sent there. You know, a lot of people did die, but a lot of people lived too. When I was researching about Waverly Hills, I did a podcast episode about Waverly Hills, maybe last year sometime. And I was so, I don't know, maybe pleasantly surprised about reading about the history and realizing how much good was done there and how much was done to really try and help people with TB and the research that was done to really try and understand what what would give people real longevity in their lifespan, which is I just think is fascinating because we often think of these hospitals as being horrifically negative places. And obviously people did die. But I think Waverly Hills is a really fascinating place in that regard. Yeah, I think that's why it's so peaceful in there all the time, too. And we try to maintain that, too. We try to maintain the building as a memorial. Yeah. The way that we investigate, the way that we approach, we don't provoke, we don't do any of that stuff in there because, you know, we believe that all the, our permanent residents, as we call them, they had bodies at one time and, you know, their bodies were broken a lot of the times and the nurses and doctors and staff all sacrificed to work up on the hill. So we just try to keep that in mind and, you know, treat it with great respect when we're inside the building. So. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another interesting facet. I think people forget that, you know, there were doctors and nurses who literally sacrificed everything to go and work in this, in this hospital and, and to try and help patients. And really Waverly Hills is this big physical historical representation of the fight against tuberculosis. So when you're doing tours of Waverly, do you try and get as much of the history into those tours? Yeah, I do. So we have two different tours. Our nighttime tours are uh, paranormal tours. They're a little more focused on the lore and personal stories uh, because it's done in the dark for the most part. We let our eyes adjust to the ambient light and try to move around the building in the dark as much as possible. Um, And then on Sundays, we do daytime tours, and that is really focused on history. Although I do throw in ghost stories, I can't help myself. (laughs) I'm the overnight uh, host there, so I have a lot of, a lot of my stuff happens at two in the morning, but it's also part of our history. You know, there have been ghost stories coming out of that place for way before I became a part of it. So it is, it's a part of the history as well. But yeah, we, we have a historian on staff who keeps us up to date on all the things that she's finding and researching. And so we're always um, speaking accurately about the history of the place. Oh, that's so good to hear because it's really important that you mix the lore of a place. And like you said, those ghost stories and those personal stories with the actual factual historical events that happen there too, because they're just as important, the historical events. But on a a spooky note, because that's why we're here today. (laughs) What is the most terrifying thing that has happened to you or another member of staff that you know at Waverly or just anybody's good spooky stories of things that have happened to them? Oh, I've got a few. Um, So last year, for the last couple of years, we didn't do our normal haunted house because of COVID. 
So what we did instead is we did semi-guided tours, I guess you could say, where um, guides were stationed at about 10 different points throughout the building. So we would just send our group of guests on from guide to guide by themselves. So my spot was the third floor main stairwell. So a group would come up to me and I would talk to them for a few minutes and then I would send them on um, down the hallway, which is terrifying when you're all by yourself in the dark uh, during October to walk down that hall if you're not used to it. But my story that I was telling there was about the spirit of Timmy, who's one of our most famous spirits. Um, he's a childlike apparition that can move kickballs around and other toys and interact with them. And so I had a rubber ball that I was holding and just kind of messing with while I was up there because they're all over the building. Like groups bring balls to try and get them to move on their own. And then they, for whatever reason, they leave them there. So we end up with a ball collection, but I had one of them. And every time I would put it down that night, it would move. So I would put it in a closet and I would go talk to my group when they came up. And when I went back, it would be way out on the solarium. And, you know, one time I even propped it up behind my, my purse, like, ha I'm going to beat you this time, you know, and I go back and it's right in the middle of the room, like challenge accepted. It was like the attitude that I got. <laughs> so then I started getting a little bit on edge. Um, and I took a break. And when I came back, the ball was gone, like just gone completely. So I walked down the hallway back toward an empty part of the building that we don't really take tours through. And I had my flashlight and I was looking in rooms for the ball and I was talking to nobody because that's what we do, right? It's like, have you seen my ball? Come on, guys, give me my ball back. You know, just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. And the last time I say, where's my ball? About, about two feet in front of me, out of a room, a voice says, where do you think it is? <gasps> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, my heart stopped, Emma. It, it was, they never respond, you know? Like we walk through the building when we're closing up and I yell Marco all the time and I never hear a response back. Or I do the clapping from the conjuring and I never get a response back. But this time it, it was, it was right in front of me and my soul, I think, departed my body for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, at least I'm home. You know, I'll just become another permanent resident here at Waverly. But it, that was not just the most terrifying thing at Waverly. It was the most terrifying thing, I think, since I've started doing this that has happened to me because it was so close to my face. And it was a full sentence question. Was it a male voice or a female voice or? Um, it was male. It was kind of a mix. It sounded almost like two or three different voices coming together to make the sentence. Like how the necrophonic app sounds sometimes when it talks where like one voice will come in and then another one and will make the word. Wow. Can I just say as well, you are very brave to do the conjuring clapping around that building. There's <laughs> no way I would be doing that. <laughs> I think the more we do it and the more we don't get a response, the braver we get. But And then some, <laughs> someday you're going to get a response and it is not going to end well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. 
but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And do you, like, do, so in terms of, like, other members of staff, like, has anybody else had kind of experiences like that? I have quite a few reports. So one thing Waverly's known for is its shadow people. Um, they are around very, very frequently. And sometimes they don't have a very, also don't have a good concept of personal space, like the bats. So when you're walking through on a tour or not really paying attention, they will just be right in your face sometimes when you're not expecting it. And that is hugely startling to have it happen. There was one that was so close one time I would have, if it was a person, I would have bumped it like shoulder bump. Wow. It it was so close. And so they just like when they appear out of nowhere or jump in front of you and you're not ready for it, that can be pretty startling too. When you're looking for them, then you know, you're prepared. And if something pokes its head out, then it's just cool. But when you're not looking, it's a, it's kind of a different story sometimes. I can't believe you just said the sentence when you're looking for it and something pokes its head out. It's cool. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I would never say that was cool <laughs> I oh, think I'd always of, be neat. like nope it's, <laughs> it's one of the neatest experiences you know people ghost hunters go their whole lives looking for experiences like that and yeah. they can come to Waverly and they can see it on a good night within pretty short order so we're thankful I mean I understand how privileged it is and how special it is to be a part of it so do you feel like you have gotten used to it? I don't know if getting used to it is the right turn of phrase, but seeing shadow figures, etc. Do you feel like you're used to it at this stage or is it always shocking? I'm trying really hard not to ever let that happen. Because like I said, I understand how special it is to be a part of it every night. So I, I try to remember that this is not an everyday occurrence that people don't get to see. Uh, the footsteps coming up behind you will always be startling. I'll never get used to that. It is as far as like walking through the building alone at the end of the night to lock up. That's not a problem anymore. Finding my way in the dark. I can do that now. You know, those things at the beginning, when I first started um, there, I would, I thought people were crazy who did that by themselves. And now it's not a big deal. So as far as that goes, I'm definitely getting used to it, but I try not to let, you know, the experiences become run of the mill. Yeah, it's probably a good attitude to have towards it, really. And you've mentioned shadow figures. You've mentioned Timmy, I think. And Timmy is very famously linked to Waverly Hills, especially the the balls being moved around and all that. What are some of the other entities that are supposed to haunt the building? Well, we have um, a creeper. You know, a lot of paranormal locations have something they call a creeper. Uh, We're not exactly sure what it is, but ours looks like either a small bear or a large dog with spider legs. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. And it will show up on the ceiling or on the walls. I have also seen it on the floor and it just it's uh, startling because it darts. It moves very fast. 
So it'll be in front of you and then it darts off into a room or it'll be on the floor and then it's on the ceiling. Um, like I said, we don't know what it is. It never sticks around long enough for us to try and find out, but that's something I would care not to see very often. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that sounds, that's a whole other world from shadow figures and balls moving for sure. I mean, anything yeah. with spider legs is, you know, that's, that's not going to be pleasant. No, it's not. And it's, it's, you know, the all some shadow figures, people talk about being darker than black. This yes. is that. So you can see it in the in the dark as well. It's like that color Vanta black, almost that color that looks like it just sucks the light out of the room is, is how dark it is. And I don't think anybody can fully appreciate that until they've actually experienced it. That's yeah. <laughs> we have quite a few guests come sometimes and they have a look on their face and they're like, I think I just saw the creeper. <laughs> so yeah. they uh, they have that memory forever, for sure. So what is the spirit or the entity that is most often experienced at Waverly Hills? Um, one of our, we have a, we call him the lobby ghost. Um, he's a, sometimes an unpleasant spirit that is down in the lobby and interacts quite a bit through spirit box communications and EVPs. And he is, like I said, he's a little gruff around the edges. Sometimes you have to be ready to talk to him when he's in the mood to talk to you, but he tends to lately follow us around. So he used to be in the lobby all the time, but now he has shown up in like the third floor minor procedure room and on the fourth floor. So he is um, free to move about the cabin more, I think, these days. And I don't know if that means it's gaining more power or what caused that. I don't know. Um, But he it's obvious when he shows up, he will give us a string of names that none of them are his. And then, uh, and then unleash the profanities every once in a while. So we're like, oh, hey, how you doing? We, we know when, when it's him because of the way that he speaks and the voice that we hear. So, I think I might know the answer to this already. Would you spend the night in Waverly totally, completely alone? Oh my gosh, I would love to. Oh, <laughs> see, I knew you were going to say that. Originally, when I wrote that question down, I thought you'd end up saying, absolutely not I'd be terrified but the minute you started speaking to me I was like oh she's definitely going to spend the night at Waverly alone (laughs) (laughs) I would I would just pitch a hammock somewhere and and enjoy the silence and whatever else comes my way wow you are so brave (laughs) it comes with time (laughs) I certainly was not I was not at the beginning It, it comes with time and familiarity and getting to know the place and getting to know the energy and you know becoming friends in a weird way so can you talk me through a little bit about like what would somebody um, experience? I'm not talking about paranormally. I'm talking about in terms of logistically, if they went to tour Waverly Hills, what does a tour look like for Waverly Hills? Sure. Yeah, we um, we have volunteers to help people all the way up the hill. It's a very long drive up the hill. You get that you come around the corner and you get that beautiful opening view of the building, which I know takes a lot of people's breath away. It takes mine away still when I drive up there. And then uh, we get everybody started. We go over a few rules, um, split people into two groups so it's smaller. And then it's about a two hour, the nighttime tour is about two hours and the daytime tour is about two and a half. We cover all five floors and the body shoot. And during the daytime, we take people outside to see the front of the building as well. Um, There's no elevators, so it's five flights of stairs, but we try to only do one flight at a time, especially when it's super hot outside uh, for everybody and try to see as much of the building as possible. Are there um, different, this is just, has just occurred to me when you said that it was very hot. Is there any kind of 
activity that happens more at different times of the year? Not different times of the year, but it does depend on the weather. Wow. Yeah. um, Lightning storms really will stir up the energy when it's heavily lightning in the area. Um, Wind, like I said, can change the energy in the place. So it's tied to weather, but not necessarily whether it's hot or cold. We've seen things. um, I've been there all four seasons now and I've seen things all year long. And it makes sense, really, if you're thinking about energy in a place that a thunderstorm would stir up the energy. Of course, that makes sense because it's a totally different energy in the air when there's a thunderstorm. Yeah, you can feel it just feels electric and alive when you walk inside sometimes. Wow, amazing. So how do people go about getting a tour at Waverly Hills? So they can go on our website, which is therealwaverlyhills.com, and they can sign up and pick one of our two-hour tours. We also do public overnights, which is every Friday and Saturday night from midnight to six. You You get the room of the building. Um, It is quasi kind of semi-guided. You know, some people show up with thousands of dollars worth of ghost hunting equipment, and some people have never, ever done this before. So we'll do a quick walkthrough at the beginning for people who want it. And then we have our own equipment too. And we're throughout the building during the night doing experiments with guests to see if we can make some activity happen. Uh, Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You can also book the building for a private overnight um, Sunday through Thursday nights, which is a minimum of 10 people. And then you have the whole place again to yourself to do whatever you want. And that's all online on our website, therealwaverlyhills.com. That sounds absolutely amazing. You can, you can expect me in the next year. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> people come from all over the world. When I ask at the beginning of tours all over the country, how many of you are local? I don't get many hands. It's internationally beloved. That's that's really neat to see how far away people come just to spend time with us. And it's it is true. I mean, I I you know I I look at ghost stories from all over the world. Um, and obviously I'm here sitting here in the UK. Anytime people ask me what is your number one place that you'd love to go and visit, the number one haunted spot, I always say Waverly Hills. It is my number one place to visit on my to do list. That's awesome. Anytime we are here. Val, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I'm sure people will be absolutely enthralled by hearing stories from inside Waverly Hills. And if you're listening to this and you want to go and visit Waverly Hills, obviously Val has given you all of the information. Please go and and let me know. (laughs) Let me know what happens. (laughs) Yeah, we want to know too. We want to hear your stories, Um, especially if we're, you know, gathering evidence and different people come. We have the... um, perspective of seeing trends over time so if there's you know three weeks where guests are coming and telling us they heard the same name that they haven't talked to each other that's interesting to us wow yeah stories too yeah I bet Val thank you so much you're very welcome that was a pleasure even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.